The following is a presentation of the Boston Podcast Network. Podcasting is a great way for professionals to tell their story. Find out how you can get started at pod617.com. Are you ready? It's From the Pod 617 Studios in Westwood, Massachusetts, it's the Boston Podcast with David Yaz and a rotating cast of characters from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. This is our Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, all the ships at sea, lovers, muggers, and thieves. Welcome to the Boston Podcast. My name is Dave. If you like our show, I encourage you to subscribe to us. Uh, nay, follow us. That's what we do for podcasts. Now, follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you find your shows. If you want your own podcast, I encourage you to go to pod617.com to get started. It's what we do. We produce podcasts either remotely or here out of our Westwood, Massachusetts studios, the studios are open, sanitized for your protection, and we encourage you to go to pod617.com. You can be the next big podcast star. Speaking of stars, she may not be a podcast star, but she's a star in my mind. My guest today is Margaret Burke. She's the managing director of Calibri Law. Oh, I almost got it wrong, Margaret. It's Calibri Law Firm Management. Anyway, let's give her a round of applause. She's in the virtual studio. Yes. How are you? I'm great. I'm really happy to be here. And I love that applause. It's amazing how you get a bunch of people in the studio to uh, (laughs) applaud me. What a great way to start the day. Yes, the crowd is on their feet. Uh, uh, Sometimes virtual applause is is all we get these days. But um, we were just talking before we started recording, Margaret and I were sharing our COVID stories. I hope you don't mind me sharing, Margaret, but we, we each... Um, in relatively recent weeks, came down with uh, the big COVID. Um, you feeling better? I feel I feel really good, other than a little cough. Yeah, we. If you hear coughing during the podcast, it's either Margaret or I. And uh, you know, I I just felt left out. I you know, all my friends had had COVID, so now we've had it, and now we have superpowers, right, Margaret? Yeah, totally. It's it's I'm known. I can have FOMO. <laughs> and I was really like, okay, now I'm part of the club. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, but honestly, we should. I I don't want to joke because I know it can be serious for right. folks. But I will share that I'm happy to um, have been prepared for it and mm-hmm. and feel much better right now. So yeah. thank you for asking. Yeah. Um. It it's still not fun. Even well, I mean, I guess everybody gets it a little differently. But for me, it felt like a bad cold that just kind of wouldn't go away. And then, you know, the quarantining, we should be good at quarantining at this point, but it was still annoying for, for me to quarantine for as long as I did. But uh, yeah, I'm with you, FOMO. You know, in the beginning of COVID, it was like, oh my God, you got COVID. Are you okay? Are you okay? And now it's become, what, you haven't had COVID yet? Come on. Everyone's had it, right? Yeah, I know. Yeah. So, Margaret, Managing Director of Calibri Law Firm Management, and, uh, you know, I, having been the publisher of Lawyers Weekly for 15 years, lived and breathed the, the law firm scene, but I'm excited to get an update on it because uh, it's been a while. Tell me w- what you do and how you help law firms. Let's start with that. Yeah. Sure, definitely. So, what we do is we provide fractional law firm management support to law firms. So I stress fractional because our model is we come in, we um, assess the firm, we do make a lot of recommendations, then we implement and we stay on board with the firms filling very specific roles at that firm. So we frankly take the place of having to hire an individual full time. Mm -hmm. And um, our 
chief and staffs that work with law firms all have very extensive law firm management experience, so they understand law firms. Mm -hmm. So law firm management is not, I shouldn't say it's not something they teach in law school. Maybe they do now, but they didn't when I was in law school, that's for sure. You have have an MBA, so do you find yourself trying to get lawyer out of their lawyer speak and just kind of say, you know, leave a lot of this business management stuff to us? Yeah, I I do. I actually, in addition to having a business, um, a master's, I'm also a certified legal manager. So anyone that many folks that work within the law firm industry will know what that is. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's a program intensive that's very much geared towards law firm management. And I've also been in law firms for almost 20 years. Mm -hmm. Um, So to answer your question, you know, the area that I find myself and my team tend to have conversations with the attorneys we work with about is things don't have to be perfect. Mm. And I know that a lot of attorneys are trained to look for mistakes, but when we're working and running a business, let's try to look for the opportunities and accept that things will happen, mm. risk and reward. And that is the type of conversations we often have with the attorneys we work with. And I do believe that and I hope that they find comfort in knowing we have a lot of experience. So we bring to the table things that we've seen with other firms, mm-hmm. you know, and things that have worked, things that haven't. If they haven't worked with other firms, doesn't mean it won't work with the firm we're working with. But um, yeah, the conversation is definitely it doesn't need to be perfect. It's okay. We'll keep you updated. And of course, you make the final decision, but let's mm-hmm. let's go far and help you reach your goals. You're clearly a dynamic person, dynamic personality. Do people ask you what's it like work, working with boring lawyers? You know, <laughs> folks will typically not say boring, but they'll they'll sort of joke about, you know, a stereotype of attorneys can sometimes be, let's say, set in their ways. Yes. And myself, in frankly, I would say almost anyone that has worked with law firms for a number of years at least know that that's just part of their training. And, you know, I respect that. And I think I'm fortunate at Calibri because firms don't hire us unless they want to improve. Mm -hmm. So I don't experience what some folks that work in law firms do experience. And I have in the past occasionally where they don't want to change or improve. Right. So to answer your question, boring isn't the word. I think (laughs) it's more um, analytical. Right. And frankly, sometimes quite the opposite of boring. Yeah. These can be pretty interesting personalities. No, I agree. And, and it, it all depends. It's there are there's lawyers and then there's law firm culture. And I think I think the the people in large law firms would agree that sometimes it's a, it's a detriment to sort of just their their whole professional culture in that trying to make change at large law firms is sometimes trying to, like, navigate uh an aircraft carrier through like a, down the Charles river or something. It's, it's like, it's, it's, it's very, it's, it's hard to, to move. It's hard to, to navigate because there are too many chefs. I imagine you work with a lot of uh, mid-sized small law firms. Exactly. We do. So we work with firms typically between five, four, actually four, it depends on the practice area, but I'll start with four attorneys up to 30. Mm-hmm. I think change to try to lead change internally at a law firm is re- it genuinely is a challenge. And anyone that manages firms will sort of laugh because it's notorious. I do believe, again, back to when firms hire Calibri, it's because they want to change to a point. 
Mm -hmm. and they want to improve. So I found in my role with Clibri firms, they're more open to our recommendations. And it's also very valuable that we then implement on their behalf mm -hmm. because internally firms tend to be very lean with support. Mm -hmm. I remember once when I got out of law school, I interviewed at a, a large firm. Um, it might've even been Goodwin. I'll, I, I can say that because whoever I met with is probably long gone by now. This was a long time ago. I graduated law school in 93. But anyway, I didn't really have a shot at the job. I was I had called in a favor and someone got me the interview. But nevertheless, they were very nice and they interviewed me. But what I remember about it was they the the main guy, like he was a, a partner, yeah, said hi to me and then said, well, I think it'd be worthwhile if you meet with a couple of our attorneys. And so took me down the hall and I got to talk to this attorney who was probably just, uh, you know, a second or third year associate. He looked absolutely exhausted. He, he, he looked like he hadn't slept in a month. Then he took me down to another guy who looked like even more exhausted, who I swear almost fell asleep during the interview. And I thought, I'm not going to get this job, but maybe law for big law for isn't, isn't for me, but it's, you know, it's, it's hard work. And this is where you, you come in. Um, maybe not for a firm of that ilk, but Tell me, can you give me an example of, uh, even, even in broad strokes, of a firm that you helped rescue from the morass of inefficiency? Maybe I'm overstating it, but, but give me an example of the way you come in sure, and work. Sure, sure. I will note, um, based on what you just shared, like that's a really good example of you interviewed. You yep. were a junior attorney and felt at the time. Let's assume that you weren't going to get the role because yeah. you felt that. And, but the firm still took the time to have a partner and two attorneys meet with you. Yeah, That's frankly inefficient. <laughs> I do think that there's a level of support and respect for junior attorneys. But if they know they're not hiring an individual, but they want to give an opportunity to meet, yeah. it really should not have been three attorneys. Yeah. And that's where we 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 help spearhead um, programs at our firms. And if we're working in HR, so we have different practice, different areas of focus. It's our primary is firm management. If we're doing firm management for a firm, we can also fill in on the HR, accounting, and marketing side. We have teams. Mm -hmm. um, if we're doing HR, the process would be managed initially by someone at Calibri would do the initial interview. If there's a favor to be called in, we would arrange for someone more at a junior level whose billable hour isn't having a financial impact on the firm spending hours with a recruit. Mm. We, we would make sure that it was more streamlined, but filled the needs of calling in that favor. Mm. Um, so a few examples of efficiencies, a lot of work I have found recently is around retention mm -hmm. and succession. Those are two really big topics in the law firm area. Um, so for efficiencies, and this isn't directly related to operations, but it is an efficiency that we have been very involved with more than one firm with creating programs so the associates know the partner track and or know what their track is. And the efficiency part of that um, project that we have rolled out, our initiative that we've spearheaded, is that until attorneys at firms know what their roles are, which is actually happens a lot, they don't know. It can be inefficient. Like they're spending the junior associates spending time on something that's not being valued by the firm mm. because no one made it clear to them what is expected of them at that level and then what's expected in a year or two. So I think that efficiency with managing associates is an area that is really important that we've worked in recently. Mm -hmm. um, another area 
that um, I'm pretty excited about is we actually have a client that I give her credit, Mm -hmm. very clear vision for her future in terms of succession. Mm -hmm. And with our by by succession, by succession, you mean the the path that this attorney is going to follow uh, or her and her firm continuing with. And this is a goal of many firms, by the way, if they're not big firms, but I'd say small, mid-sized, they want their firms to continue. They really care about their people, but they want to take a step back and start having a better quality of life. And I frankly think COVID has had an impact on that. Mm. Um, And we have a client that has been very diligent at working with us on developing the partner track, rolling it out, just brought on a very trusted associate who is now a partner into the managing partner role Mm -hmm. and the the managing partner founder is now really actually taking a step back bought a home in the dr and is starting to work there more remotely Mm. and um sign me up for that yeah i know i was actually (laughs) that was a, a very um fun project to work on and on an ongoing basis we help support the management, the new managing partner, and we're there to give guidance because they're learning. Mm. The new person is is still learning how to run a law firm, mm. and um, yeah. It, so those sh- are a few things that we've been involved in. Very good examples. The, the <clears throat> notion of a, a law firm partner stepping aside, slowing down, everything is delicate because many of them just aren't that good at it, and you know they they get just locked in and for them to sort of let go um, is difficult sometimes because lawyers are driven people, you know, and they, 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 then they do get set in their ways. You mentioned COVID. Uh, Tell me what you've seen, how it has changed things. Um, Has it been a permanent shift in the way, in the way we do business in terms of that? You coughed before I did, Margaret. I win. Congratulations. I I wanted to mute. I believe, you know, not every firm. I believe most firms have changed um, permanently. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean that everybody is working remote. I believe it will always be a hybrid workforce. Um, There'll be a few firms that will stick to the guns. I do believe those firms will lose people. And as we know, the market is so competitive. Mm -hmm. Um, Even firms that would have never considered remote work are, are allowing it. And putting programs in to at least, to be honestly, to, I don't want to say act, mm. but show that they are they're okay with it. Even if behind the scenes they're not completely okay with it, they're accepting it and um, doing it for retention. Yep. So I believe it's permanent. I so really when you, do. you I, say doing it for retention, it's just if if a lawyer kind of liked the the idea of working, you know, all or a few days a week from home, it just beca- it's a, you know no commute, right? Um, no grind as, as they're used to it. If that firm's not going to allow that going forward, there could be another firm down the block that will. Is that is that why people might may leave? Or Absolutely. Yeah. There okay. really is. And I think it's a delicate with associates because they, they do benefit from learning and walking down the hall, sitting mm-hmm. in on calls with the partners. So I think ideally there's a hybrid model with a lot of communication with the associates of why they're having a hybrid model and they can't work from home five days a week unless someone really needs to. But right. they will lose out on that growth that they, they do receive from 
hearing the the partner down the hall on a on a call negotiating. What what do you like? I mean, you you, you seem like someone that thrives on um, interactions with other people. I typically will put myself in that category, but you know, for the first few months of the pandemic, or maybe even the first year of the pandemic, there was some um, sort of uh, relaxing in in work just be, just because there were so many things you didn't have to worry about. You know, I have, you know, I used to have, you know, five or six suits that, you know, I would, you know, <laughs> switch off. I don't think I've worn a suit since, I feel like I haven't worn a suit since the Clinton administration, but I mean, it's just, um, tell me what you think. And if in your perfect world, would, would you work, you know, um, part hybrid or, or do we really need to get back in the office or what? So I will share that Calibri is 100% remote. So I work um, from my home office and it's been almost two years. Right. And I love it. And mm. even though I am social, yeah. ton of lunch meetings, coffees, Zoom yeah. calls, and my team and I, we have huddles. We, we talk a lot. We're very systematic with making sure we communicate as a team internally so that we all know what each other are doing. Um, as that relates to law firms, I think a hybrid model is ideal with the managed by exception, knowing that there are some folks that do have situations where if they can, if they are required to come back, even one day a week, they may not be able to right now. And I think, you know, that's so being open to those situations, you can't always treat everyone exactly. You want to be fair, but you can't treat everyone the same. And sometimes people do have circumstances. I um, have seen someone with immune compromised family members and they mm. just are not comfortable coming back to the firm. Yeah. Makes sense. And there's a tr yeah. And there's a trust factor that really needs to be in every company. There has to be some level of trust. And then that's where metrics, that big word at law firms comes in. Mm. Tracking information does tell a story. So if a firm is diligent and, and we actually really do help with it, this is a big focus of what we do is if you are looking at numbers for those associates that are working from home, it does start to paint a picture if you do have someone that perhaps isn't effective at home. Right. Yeah. And and I think, you know, particularly for associates that came onto the firm in the past couple of years, uh, at some point you want to meet people in person. I mean, <laughs> at some point there, you know, there is a value Absolutely. to that, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I'll share, okay, I'll yeah. share at Calibri, we have one of our, um, team members, and and he's in Virginia, and he he drove here by choice. We were going to fly him here because we wanted to meet him in person. Mm -hmm. Even though we're a remote company, we felt like we had a full day retreat. Let's we have someone in New York. We brought out. Um, she was easier to get here than the guy in Virginia, mm -hmm. but there is a value in meeting in person. Mm -hmm. And with our clients, if they're if they're local enough that we can drive to them, even though we work with them remotely, if there is a sensitive situation. We we will if we can go to the firm. Yeah, have you met people over the past, you know, several months that you've only known virtually? And and, yes. and <laughs> I yes. I just think a it's lot a, of our, a few of our clients. Actually. It's a fun, it's a funny <laughs> dynamic. The first thing you notice is how tall people are because you had no conception of that before, right? I mean, <laughs> I mean, most people they say, "Wow, you're tall." So I, and I am, and I'm upset that for a couple of years, people didn't realize I was tall because, you know, because you're on zoom, you get exactly. Yeah. But I swear to God, people, you, I'm almost six, three. Well, you should put that in your bio. Maybe you should have like, <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm tall. I, 
Dave is always I, yes top top three point five percent in terms of uh, average uh, male height. I think I do, Not to I brag. do remember that about you when I met you at um, <laughs> Lawyers Have Heart. Right. Yeah. I, I recall you at all. Yes. Well, I was standing up at the time as opposed to what we do now, which is sit down and talk on Zoom. Anyway, anyway, um, Margaret is at com. That's K-O-L-I-B-R-I law dot com. Is that is the website the best place to go for people to find out more about what you do? The website is a fabulous place to go. Um, also, feel free to reach out to me via email, M-B-U-R-K-E at CalibriLaw.com. I'm also on LinkedIn. Please connect. I'd love to follow anyone that is interested in our services. And I also love, absolutely love meeting folks that provide services to law firms. Also, a big part of our service is also making recommendations. So oh, happy sure. to connect with someone that can be a resource to any of our clients. Yeah. You got to be the guy that knows the guy or the gal that knows yeah. the gal, if you prefer, or the person. Oh, I don't even know what we're supposed to say these days. Anyway, before we go, Margaret and I are going to play an edition of Good Stuff where we're both recommend something good for you to check out the listener and maybe brighten your day a little bit. Right before we do that, I just want to take one minute to remind you what we do here at the Boston Podcast Network. Pod617.com is where you go if you want your own podcast. You could be the next big podcast star. Podcasting is a great way to connect with your network, your clientele. You'll invite guests onto your show. They'll be amazed at the level of quality of the show that we produce. You can do it right from your home. If you like this Zoom stuff, you can just keep doing it. We'll send you out a quality USB mic anywhere on the planet. We can produce it for you. Intro music, outro music, we'll edit the thing, we'll post it for you. Or you can come into our Westwood Mass Studios and do it live and check it out at pod617.com, the Boston Podcast Network. In pod, we trust. All right, let's play a round of good stuff. Oh, that's the good stuff. You know, Margaret, most of the guests dance a little bit when I put on the I good stuff theme. So <laughs> yes, that is used without the permission of the B-52s. Please don't sue me. Anyway, um, Margaret, you have uh, a good old-fashioned book to rem- to uh, recommend to our listeners. Please tell us what it is. It's sure. And one is, I'll note, I love the B-52s. Okay. <laughs> so, absolutely. Yeah. Grew up in the 80s. You know um, what I heard recently? Interesting bit of trivia. When... Um, John Lennon, during his final years, he was still writing some really great music, but he fell into a lull in his post-Beatles phase and was inspired when he heard the song Rock Lobster by the B-52s. And um, kind of that, that it's amazing to think the B-52s could have influenced a Beatle, but um, pretty cool. Of course, then he wasn't around to see the rest of the B-52s, so sad. <laughs> anyway. That- that is a great um, story. That's interesting. I can see it. I think they're, they're incredibly talented. And, and that song was so out there. Yeah. You have to be talented to create it. So yeah. the book that I am reading is The 4-Hour Workweek by Tim Ferriss. Mm-hmm. Um, this is an older book. So this was on the New York Times bestseller, I want to say, maybe about eight years ago. Right. Um, and the reason I love this book is it's a little out there. Some of his ideas are quirky. It also relates to law firms mm-hmm. and how it relates is so, yes, everyone would love, not not everyone, but I think a lot of people would relish the four-hour work week. Right. Having said that, in law firms, and this is actually why I, I'm reading this book, law firms are very geared towards hours, mm-hmm. right? And there's a lot of, can I say the term FaceTime? Yeah. And 
and it's just part of the culture. And it's I'm not saying it in a negative way at all because I, I've been there. The yep. more you work, the more value there is. Billable hours. Weekends, nights, 5 a.m. Yep. It's just part of the culture. This book really reminded me that not everything is important and it doesn't deserve your attention. So for those folks working at law firms, you cannot be an expert on everything. You want to be an expert in your area of practice, of course, and mm-hmm. you want to have good people running your firm. Lawyers don't need to be experts at running their firms. They don't need to spend 10 hours on the weekends getting caught up with things that don't matter. So this book focuses on let things go, you know, ask for forgiveness versus ask for permission, which I absolutely love that theory sometimes. I, I love that too. It, most of the times and, it works. Every once in a while it'll bite you in the ass, but most of the time it's the yeah. better way to go. And, and sometimes it bites you and you learn from it and you yeah. know next time not to do that. But this book just focuses on you can't answer every email with three paragraphs. You don't need to. There are some folks you don't even need to answer. And mm-hmm. this book has really been a reminder for me because I do come from a law firm background. I work with law firms and it's just part of the culture where you want to be very thorough and expert in everything. And you really don't need to be. You have other people that can do that for you. The Four Hour Work Week by uh, Tim Ferriss, um, famous entrepreneur himself. And uh, you can find it on Amazon wherever you find your books. You can get it on audiobook, et cetera, et cetera. What, so I haven't read it. Um, is it is it a literal thing? Is it that if you are a master of efficiency, you can just work four <laughs> hours while the rest of us are working? How many well, do we work? Forty, whatever. <laughs> he believes this mm-hmm. um, to a point, of course. Right. Um, his big model is it's actually interesting, which I love. Outsource, 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 outsource. Mm-hmm. He's all about do not spend time on anything that is not high value. There are other people lower price ranges, I can do that for you. So that's one way of cutting down on your work week is just don't do it. Um, and he's also definitely automation, big automation fan, which I love. In addition, it's finding, frankly, folks to do the work for you. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he does believe in, in his other um, point that I love because I actually worked remote for a few weeks recently was you should be able to work from anywhere. Mm. And if something needs to be done in person, have someone that can do that for you. Yeah. I was going to say, he's ahead. Of, it looks like the, the some editions of the book are updated. I don't know how what, at what point he updated the book, but it sounds like he was ahead of his time when he wrote the thing in the first place. Because, I mean, yeah. look look at where we are. And we, we have now discovered by necessity that you can do most things uh, virtually. And I actually think I have a theory that um, Zoom is just the beginning, that it might take a while, but 10, 20 years from now, we might be doing virtual reality. We might be, this is, this is my idea, Mark, that I want someone to invent. I don't have time to do it myself, but we, you know, we've, we've got, um, we're on our computer screens, you know, I'm sure you, you, you've certainly been in law firms where they have technology with high definition screens. And if you amp up that quality enough, it does feel like you're kind of in the room with someone. I want someone to invent, invent just a whole wall like we've got the ipad we need the eye wall the whole wall and that way you dial in and now doing from home might be um a challenge because you really would have to clean up your house because you, people are going to be able to see your whole house but you, you could wear pants also yeah i know yeah there's a, there's a price for everything uh, and, and that would be a shame but um you know but i i think of it for business and personal you know if if you're um you know grandparents and you want to hang out with your grandkids you know, the, the Zoom call, they're going to get bored after about 10 minutes, and, and so are you. But 
you know, imagine being able to sit on your couch and kind of have the TV on and the kids are playing there and it's kind of like they're right next to you. So that's uh, somebody invent the eye wall. Um, so great recommendation, Margaret. I will recommend a TV show that I just started watching. It is relatively new on Hulu. It's called The Old Man. It stars Jeff Bridges. You might have heard about this, but I'm going to play a little bit of the trailer here so you get uh, a flavor for it. Hey, kid, it's me. They found me. Jack, are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. The dogs are fine. Thought I covered the tracks. You and I were not going to be able to talk again. Remember that I love you. That I'll always love you. I'm on a plane to Morocco tomorrow. What is happening? I want to understand how your world works. Come with me. I'll tell you everything. I'm a rabbit in your I know what started all this. This thing's been buried in the ground for 30 years. I wanted it to stay there. This is not something to underestimate. Well, that gives you a little taste. So you heard the voices of both Jeff Bridges and John Lithgow, and they're both... So far, the the show is only three episodes in. They're releasing one per week, I think. And uh, it, have you heard about this, Margaret? I haven't, but I love these types of shows. Yeah, it's it's. First of all, Jeff Bridges just keeps getting better with age. I mean, I feel like he's always kind of talked like his voice gets a little deeper with every performance. And then John Lithgow, it's still John Lithgow. He's he's still great. He's he's. I swear that guy hasn't aged in like forty years since he was on third rock from the sun and he, he and so he's great it it starts out with you think jeff bridges is just kind of an old man who is who might or might not be battling dementia and it's think it's going to be his problems then it turns into this thing where he's actually wanted for something in his past john lithgow is is hunting him and the the unsung hero of this show are the dogs so if if you're a dog if you're a dog person you will dig it because he's got two um i don't know if they're black labs but they're, they're also attack dogs they're definitely black in color but uh, they look like dobermans okay maybe they, maybe they are dobermans yeah that's that's a good call and they uh and <laughs> they're just they're both adorable and vicious when they need to be and <laughs> so um that's kind of another interesting element so uh it's it's on hulu it's called the old man margaret i expect you to check it out when you can and report back i will okay i definitely will so one more time, remind people how to get in touch with you, Margaret, please. Sure. So my email address is mburk at colibri, K-O-L-I-B-R-I-L-A-W dot com. Margaret Burke at, mburk at colibrilaw.com. I'm also on LinkedIn. And please check out our website. Colibrilaw.com. Very good, Margaret. Um, you were an awesome, awesome guest. It was a great way to start my morning. I hope you had a good time. I had a great time. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Margaret. Thank you to all of our listeners. Uh, go to pod617.com if you want your own podcast. Please follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts wherever you find your pods. And on behalf of Margaret, my name is Dave. I'm just a guy from Boston. But if you're not from Boston, you must be the other guy. Have a great day, everybody. Follow, follow.